I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, everybody. Hello. Happy Friday. TGIF. Oh, no. Got to fill the space right away. Well, you're not talking, so I, you know, I felt bad for Ken. I'm, uh, I just rushed in here at the last minute, so I've got, uh, I've got to organize myself. But, uh, you know, you can feel free to carry on without me. So I got everything in the right order here. I'm just wondering, am I on? <laughs> you're on. Yeah, you're on. Uh, I got a bad echo. I got for echo. a second, too. What's that? Bad echo in my own voice. Wow. What did I do here? <laughs> Maybe it's your uh, empty head. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be tough to carry on like this. I'm going to have to figure this out. Oh, my yeah. own voice just keeps coming back to me, doubled. Now, neither one of you want to talk, so I guess uh, it's up to me. Yeah, you can have it. Yeah, you know what? You started the show too early, Eric. <laughs> me? Yes, it's your fault. Neither one of us was ready here. Well, no, that was Gary and Shannon going to break then. Oh, did they Did they quit too early? I don't know. I, yeah, I gotta they go quit back early and check on the Fridays. Time. They can't wait to get to the Chardonnay. I understand that. Well, we have coming up uh, at 3 o'clock... Um, we are going through all the uh, propositions on the ballot, and uh, we're going to try to get the yes and the no people on each side. But there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of advocates who won't come on our show because they don't want to be questioned. They don't want to have to uh, back up their wacky ideas. Um, so we're going to have uh, the people who say no on Proposition One 
which is uh, California's uh, state constitutional right to abortion. And uh, that's a pleasant thought. Uh, The support's very high for this. Two-thirds of likely voters said yes in two different surveys. Nobody's really fighting against it because it's kind of a lost cause there. So I guess Newsom will continue his uh, abortion tourism uh, uh, advertising that he does. Have people come from all over the world and uh, abort their babies. We're also going to have uh, coming up coming up later. This I found this. This is the weirdest story. Alex Stone's going to come on with that. They found at a fifteen million dollar mansion up in Northern California, a town called Atherton. Atherton is extremely wealthy, and uh, somebody bought uh, bought a house for fifteen million dollars, and they have discovered that there is a car buried four feet down in the backyard. And the car has bags of concrete mix inside it. And the cadaver dog started sniffing around to see if there's any human remains. And they got a little excited. But nothing's been found yet. So that looks like a good one, too. Uh, Today's uh, hypocrite. Oh, our climate hypocrite of the day is Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, Looks like Fox has discovered that Mark Zuckerberg who is a major climate change fanatic. Uh, he has a Gulfstream G650 jet, and he's burned at least $158,000 worth of jet fuel in just two months from mid-August to mid-October. 158,028 different trips in his private jet. Uh, there is uh, flight tracking software uh, that has uh, tracked Zuckerberg. And he's gone to Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, New York, Texas, and a bunch of other states. And then he comes back to San Jose. Uh, Zuckerberg's private jet has blown out 253 metric tons of carbon. Uh, By comparison, the average American total for the year uh, expels 16 tons. And he blows out 253 in just two months, just on his jet. What a colossal phony. What a fake and a fraud. The average person worldwide, because most people around the world are very poor, only emits four tons a year. He's at 253. Um, He he takes long trips and short trips. He took a, a trip. 18 miles between two Arizona airstrips. Uh, And he also, uh, the plane flew from Carlsbad to San Diego. And, uh, but Zuckerberg constantly gives money to climate change causes. It's time for our generation-defining public works. How about stopping climate change before we destroy the planet and get millions of people involved manufacturing and installing solar panels? This is part of his uh, commencement address at Harvard University. He's lecturing the world saying, why don't we stop destroying the planet? 253 metric tons in two months. These people are clowns. Um, we, no country can fight climate change alone or prevent pandemics. Progress now requires coming together, not just as cities or nations, but as a global community. I guess everybody except him. Um, 
And the reason he wants to uh, create virtual reality technology, it would be better for society and the planet rather than traveling on cars and planes and all that. In other words, life would be better for human beings if we all sat on the couch with a headset in some kind of an imaginary world. Because then we're prone to travel and we foul the planet. I, I guess in our private jets. Um, the, he and his wife, uh, Priscilla Chan, have the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative, a private foundation. They've uh, blown tens of millions of dollars to the climate initiative. Of course, the temperature of the uh, Earth's atmosphere has not gone down even a hundredth of a degree with all that money. Uh, and, you know, what they've done, they've done a series of these. They've looked at Leonardo DiCaprio and Steven Spielberg, who uh, travel frequently on private jets, and they're constantly giving speeches, scolding everybody else. Uh, Spielberg, they found out, burned $116,000 worth of jet fuel between June and August. I'm terrified of global warming, said Spielberg. Global warming is a scientific reality. It's not a political trick. It's a true piece of real, measurable, quantifiable science. You know, when you're not mindful of something that could pose a danger to your children and grandchildren, you go blithely through life with aerosol cans doing all sorts of things that are depleting the ozone. Again, the man burned $116,000 worth of jet fuel in two months. I, I, there's, there's no other word than phony. I mean, they're synonyms for phony, but I think that's that's probably the best one. All right, we got more coming up. John and Kensha, KFI. All right. I'm going to try to tough through this because uh, this is just weird. Everything I say is echoed back into my headphones. It's, uh, you is it know, on a delay? I consider myself to be the luckiest, just like that. Yeah. Like a stadium. Problem is I can't turn the headphones down. I won't be able to hear you. Mm, it might is, be a good thing. That is a drawback, sure. Well, I mean, if you can't deal with it, you can't deal with it. That's okay. Might take it's a, a while. A little distracting. Might take a while for them to fix it, <laughs> or unless it's in your control board there, and then yeah, I don't know. I don't know which. It just happened today. Uh, the LA City Council did hold its uh, online virtual meeting this morning. Um, and, you know, they once again let people make comments. I heard a couple of them on the news. Usual rants about uh, racism and they got to resign. They got to resign. They're not going anywhere. It's uh, This is getting uh, tiring. It's the same. Uh, there's nothing more to say about this story. Everybody knows everything about it and everybody has their opinion locked in. And he he doesn't have to leave. There's no legal mechanism to force it. He's not required to go, Kevin DeLeon. So you got to live with it. You don't get to you don't get to uh, hound and, and, or cancel everybody you want to cancel. It just doesn't work that way. You don't have the power to do it. Yeah, I think they think if they just keep protesting, he'll give up. I don't think so. Uh, you know, when a person digs in, at some point uh, they realize they'd really look like a fool if they cave into what a bunch of homeless people. These guys. These protesters are outside his house. They're living in tents. So, so they're going to live like homeless people? Yeah, that tells you they're there for it, as long as it takes. They're not leaving. Tells you they don't work. 
Well, we knew that. They don't now you're job. repeating yourself. Well, that's well. Of course, I'm repeating myself. There's nothing new to say. We know about they it. don't work. So who cares what they say? Why would anybody uh, care? Let them scream know, and yell. The, let them let them defecate and urinate. Whatever they do best. The hell with them. But the timid council is going to have to put up with them in their well, uh, they, making their statements for the next. I don't know. Well, and they have to. Then they. Uh, that's that's the way it goes. You, 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 they, they have helped enable these mobs, and they like these mobs when the mobs are on uh, their side. Sometimes the mob turns against you. Got to deal with it. No, no sympathy for this crowd. By the way, you know they want to heal the city? Why don't you get all the homeless people off the streets, and why don't you get the criminals back in jail? That'll heal the city. I don't know of a single person in my uh, life who really gives a crap what happens to Kevin DeLeon. Most people were... Uh, we're uh, fascinated by the car crash nature of the story up to a point. And now it's like, oh, wow, you really won't resign? Huh. That's weird. And then that's it. And then it's back to the regular channel. Hey, there's a guy taking a crap on my front lawn. Hey, my neighbor got broken into last night. In my world, that's the two things everyone's talking about if they talk about anything outside their personal lives. If they talk about something about public life in L.A., that's the two things. So that's what, the, that's what they haven't done for the last four years. And now they've got this excuse. It's like, oh, we're all wounded. We need healing. It's like, stop it. All right, he, you know, he could, he could hang himself off the 6th Street Bridge, and you still won't get the homeless people off the streets or the criminals in jail. So shut the bleep up. We well, both saw that story in Politico this morning about welcome to Los Angeles where political careers go to die. The L.A. mayor's office has been a dead end for generations. Well, so what? You know what? The last thing I care about is the political future of, of the mayors that have passed through here. I mean, do, do you, the people we have had over, what, the past 20 years? One clown after another. Garcetti, oh, poor boy. He's not going to get to be president. Viragosa, oh, he's not going to get to be governor. Jim Hahn, oh, he's not going to uh, be able to run a pet store or whatever it is he's capable of doing. I mean, that's the last 20 years. Who cares? They, they're all bad. In fact, why isn't there an article on that? Why are L.A. mayors so bad? How come we haven't had a good one since uh, since uh, Dick reared it? What about that? Oh, well, they can't live off the public uh, anymore. Uh, they've got no office to run for. Yeah? You saw the job Garcetti did. What's he qualified to do? Yeah. He had a quote in here about, oh, you know, oh, here it is. Um... I think it's okay to not want one single tent on the streets of L.A. It's also okay to not want any traffic in L.A. It's also okay to want to have no pollution and smog in L.A. It's okay to not want one unaffordable unit in L.A. And those have to be our goals. If we're not marching towards those, what are we doing? But it's tough for people in a one-click culture where whatever you want from Amazon is arriving this afternoon to understand that governance is different. Oh, what a jerk. I know. Oh, it's so complicated, so time-consuming. This guy had nine and a half years. Nobody was asking for anything to be solved with one click by this afternoon. You had nine and a half years. Let's roll back to 2013. God, I wish there was a time machine. Maybe Zuckerberg could get off his uh, private plane for uh, five minutes, invent a time machine. Let's go back and see what life was like in L.A. I think it had about 35,000 less homeless people. And I think it had far less crime. It, you know what? You know what's amazing? It's not that it takes it takes years and years to 
to fi- to fix problems. It took him nine and a half years to destroy the city. It was little by little, day by day. Once they started letting the homeless people live in the streets, you know, you let five, ten. Oh yeah, it's incremental. It's incremental every day. Right. You know, it's 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 uh, what would it be? It would be uh, you know like about three thousand days of Garcetti as mayor. And in those 3,000 days, what happened day by day? You, what they had, you had about 10 homeless people a day come and squat. So after 10 years, you end up with 30 or 40,000 of these homeless people. Yeah, and now he, there's a plug in here for Bass in that she's saying, well, you know, I, I think as a strategist, she's 69. She's not looking to uh, the next office the way the last several mayors have. She'll make the tough decisions. She'll get things done because she won't care about what's next. She never did anything. What do you mean she'll make the tough decision? What was the tough decision she made in the first 69 years of her life? What is the great Karen Bass tough decision? Let me know. Well, huh? What effect has she had on anything on the planet other than, other than steering uh, money to USC after she got her bogus uh, master's degree? I'm not aware of anything she's done. In fact, I don't see, even in her campaign ads, I'm, she doesn't even campaign on having accomplished anything. I remember in the first debate I saw her, she kept talking about some social service organization that she helped uh, found 30 years ago, and she kept referring the, to the same thing. It's like, you're talking about 1990, lady. We, we've gotten overwhelmed the last five years or so with homelessness and crime. What have you done? Nothing. And she doesn't want to do anything. Just a lifetime hack looking to live off the public for another four years. Maybe eight years. That's what she wants. She wants a, she wants a job where she can live off tax money. Why don't you go and get a job in the private sector? You know, she, she, I remember during the debate she was saying, well, you know, I uh, worked uh, something in nursing, right? Some, that's like, yeah, 30 years ago, again. Otherwise, we paid for you. Yeah, the rest of this article is how L.A., because we only have 15 council members, they're so powerful, and it's tough for the mayor to get anything past them, and, and a lot of excuses. And what do they do with their power? They enrich themselves. What they do with their power is they uh, finagle developers so they can get uh, flights to Las Vegas, gambling chips, booze, food, and hookers. That's their power. Like the rest of us, we got to pay for our own food, booze, and hookers. But they get them for free. That's the power of being a councilman. I mean, enough of this. You know, the whole world is fake. And every, everything written about this world is fake. Nobody writes the truth. Nobody writes reality. These people are a bunch of political failures and losers. Why are we subsidizing their lives at all? They destroyed the city. Everything's destroyed. Yeah, that's right. They've ruined the place. So now we've got to start all over again. Uh, we got more coming up, KFI AM640, live everywhere in the iHeartRadio app. There's a, we were talking about the, the Kevin DeLeon, and everyone's stuck. Um, there's an editorial today, the little weenies at the uh, El Segundo Times, what happens after Councilman Kevin DeLeon's apology tour. Um, and and I, I, don't, I don't think everyone's accepting this. The, the, the cancel mob so desperately wants to... Uh, run off with his head on a stick, and I guess the Times is in shock that uh, De Leon is not obeying them. 
And and so they just write. They, I think they've had four editorials in the last week demanding that he resign. Yeah, they're they're part of the mob that thinks they control right. everything. And oh, that reminds me. I'll tell you about that in a second. So so the thing is that they're flummoxed now because he's not resigning. And and this is the part I'm enjoying about DeLeon. You know, and I've said over and over he's a terrible scumbag. But it's kind of funny that he's refusing to resign. And all the people who are used to celebrities and politicians and anybody else in power immediately resigning. You know, the, the way the game is played is you apologize profusely and then the mob rejects the apology. Apologizing to them is pointless. First of all, odds are you don't mean the apology anyway. Second of all, they're never going to accept it. They don't believe it. And even if they even if they believe it, they don't care. They want to keep protesting. They want your head. And DeLeon's well, not giving it to them. Yeah, we've talked about this. This is what these people want. It kind of gives them a reason for living. Yeah. I mean, you think about it. All the media coverage they're getting, they really believe that they are now in charge of the at least the L.A. world. They're on, they're on TV every day, and yeah, then some of them are there complaining uh, in the virtual meetings with their one minute. So, yeah, they're not going away because they believe that they're going to ultimately succeed. And if he quits, they're going to claim victory, and they're going to feel validated. So if he decides to just continue on his course, I don't know how long this will go on. This reminds me of sort of like Occupy. Well, yeah. So they said they're going to stay there every day until he resigns. Well, what if he doesn't for two years? Again, these people. In that, I doubt they'll be there every day. It'll dwindle. The, well, these people are either on welfare or they're getting paid by some uh, left-wing organization to go and sit there and yell. And this becomes their job. Maybe they get, I hope, for sure, I hope they get minimum wage of at least $15 an hour. Because that's hard work there, sitting in the sun. But what's... <laughs> One of these articles, and I, I forgot, did I remember to, to, to mark it and save it? I don't think I did. Because um, I read it last night. It was one of the articles the LA Times published last night uh, about De Leon and apologies and this and that. Uh, and, oh, this is outrageous that he's not resigning. And, and somebody in the comment section reprinted the Times' endorsement of Kevin De Leon. Oh. Which, is, which is just the perfect comeback. It's like, hey... This was your guy. In fact, if I had, you know, 15 minutes, I'd like to dig out every endorsement every time DeLeon ran. Because he was in the state legislature for a while. He ended up being the state Senate president. And, uh, you know, then he ran for Senate and then he ran for city council. And I bet you most of the time, uh, LA Times was a huge fan of DeLeon. He thought he was a really cool guy. Well, they'll just tell you they didn't know the real guy. We were fooled. (laughs) Daddy Uh-oh. would ever he, talk like this privately. He, he, he said something. Something. <laughs> and now, is the editorial board actually going uh, to say, try to sell the idea that none of them have ever said anything slightly offensive? None of them? In any setting? And that every time they heard something offensive, that they immediately stood up and demanded that this kind of language cease? And did they walk out of the room? Anyone believe that? Has, do you know anybody who's ever done that? Do you know anybody who's ever stood up and said, well, I never. <laughs> and get the vapors and, and, and be unable to, uh, unable to uh, move on. Unable I, to function. I think there have been and even some public meetings where there was another speaker who said, dude, that's not appropriate. I think that's happened, yes. 
Private conversations, I don't know, because no, then you tend to be with your friends. Yeah, then yeah, you no. tend to be with your, your right. cabal, your group. Right, like this uh, little cabal. And you probably say, you know, share similar uh, viewpoints. Yeah. Yeah, this was the little Latino caucus. It's what they called themselves. Right. And so, they were there to carve out the power. So all the rest of them, you know, the Bonin caucus, the black council people, all of them, they're all squeaky clean. They all never, never make any uh, snide remarks about the other tribes. Really? Who are you selling that to? No snarky comments about uh, about white people? No. Right. But meanwhile, back in the real world, because, you know, you're talking about the real problems pe- people face. And I had heard today that uh, car thefts are still big in L.A. What we had going on back in 2020 when this started was, oh, you know, it's the pandemic. And because the police aren't out there as much and people aren't out there as much watching over their cars. Yeah, there's an uptick in, in, in thefts, but uh, that'll go away. Apparently well, that, it hasn't. That, that was a load of crap. The city's on pace to record its highest annual car theft total since at least 2010 no, this year. It had nothing to do with the pandemic. It had to do with they were letting prisoners out of jail. It does, right. That, we have Prop 47. We had prisoners out of jail. Right. We have a lot but, more dangerous people on the streets. The, and some of them are where all they want to do is steal cars. Well, the pandemic did not make me watch my car any more or less. I still parked it in the same place as I always did. You know, when I park it here at the station in the garage, I don't see it for five hours. So what would the pandemic have to do with that? If I go to a store, I'm parking it in the uh, in the uh, grocery store lots. Same thing. That that was such nonsense. Where everybody goes, yeah, yeah, it's the pandemic. It's the pa-. I had nothing to do with the pandemic. You had more criminals on the streets. That that's what the issue was. And they didn't want the only the only uh, way the pandemic played in is they claimed, well, we don't want to put people in jail now that the virus is spreading around. We wouldn't want uh, criminals to catch the virus. The the but, article says that, <laughs> which kind of makes sense. Some of it is uh, social media telling people and instructing. Some of them are even cal- uh, challenges. I-, I guess a lot of cars now are push-button starts, right? You have a fob with you, and you push yeah. the button on your ignition. But there are still good old key ignition cars left, and some of them are Kias. And I guess that people call it Kias and Hyundais. A lot of them still have key-based ignition systems rather than those push-buttons. And there is a trick you can learn. I guess it's like right out of the old... To crime TV shows and movies about how to uh, how to start the car. If you just get inside the car and you can play around with the ignition, if it's a key ignition, and you can you can get the car started, and you can steal it. And because this is being passed around on social media, eh, probably guys that hadn't really stole a car before, but are really just uh, <laughs> uh, ne'er do wells, saw this and said, "Yeah, I mean, it's probably not a bad way. If it's that easy, I'm going to go do it." Because apparently a, a large percentage of the cars stolen in L.A. and even in other cities are Hyundais and Kias. So maybe they need that. to change their ignition systems. Yeah, I didn't know Hyundais and Kias didn't uh, still had Older keys. ones. Thieves Older most ones. frequently target Kias made between 2010 and 2021. Well, oh. that's not that old. And Hyundais from 2015 to 2021. Yeah, those aren't all. I mean, I mean, the average car on the road or the average car stays on the road 11 years now. And people keep their cars an average of six years. Uh, so uh, the average car gets two owners and five to six years. Now I was going to say, yeah. you, you may keep it for seven years, but you sell it and somebody keeps it another seven years. Right, yeah. There's so a I mean, lot of old cars on the, on the road. Especially the Japanese cars or the German cars. Those things can go 20 years. 
Right. <laughs> and they're going to if they really put through this electric car uh, mandate. Oh, oh, here I found it. Well, okay. I have, I have the headline. Uh, this is from February 9th, 2020. Endorsement, LA Times. Kevin DeLeon has a track record of getting big things done. Just what the L.A. City Council needs. And they talk about another candidate named Cindy Otteson. They like her, except, though, this year she's up against an opponent with a much heftier resume and a more substantial track record. He is Kevin DeLeon, the former president pro tem of the California Senate. During his 12 years serving the neighborhoods of Council District 14, DeLeon racked up a long list of impressive accomplishments. Many Californians will remember DeLeon as the fiery leader of the state's Trump resistance who challenged Dianne Feinstein in the 2018 election. We didn't support DeLeon for that job, nor did the voters. It wasn't the right time to change leadership. All right. Since then, Feinstein has gone the Biden route. <laughs> uh, we are enthusiastically endorsing him now. DeLeon's per particular strength is envisioning ambitious solutions to major problems, then building alliances and using his political savvy to get them adopted. As the leader of the state senate for four years, he wrote several important pieces of legislation and helped turn them and others into law. Among them were landmark laws mandating an aggressive switch to renewable energy. That was a tough political battle that might have well been lost by a less capable lawmaker. He has an impressive grasp of details, including the workings of local government, has specific and achievable goals for the city and district. We'd like to see him apply these considerable skills to negotiating the issues of CD14, including fighting the nimbyism that has made it difficult to build more housing, homeless shelters, and bus lines. He, one more line. If elected, it will be his job to see that district neighborhoods are getting their share of city services, making sure that streets are paved and clean, and balancing the sometimes competing interests of businesses and residents and developers. We hope he will do that. We could all be wrong. Look at us and Schwarzenegger, right? We thought we had a bill of goods that was going to make a big difference, and he turned out to be a clunker. I, they turned out to have a clunker in daily Well, because they're, they're all bad. But they, should, should they know better? We, we did that in 2006. This is 2020. And the De Leon has, Schwarzenegger was new. Didn't know his personal character all that much. No, nobody recorded De Leon before to That's see right. what. No. Again, you really think they didn't know? Know that, I don't know. He, he never talked like this before. Of course they knew. Well, they like to pretend that the city That's, is coming together and. Why? Why? Why do they? Why do they? Why do they feel the need to constantly cheerlead for the city to come together and unite? What's the point? Because they it's know just, it's crap too, and they want it, to. It just papers over the reality. Maybe if we all let it out in the open, what's uh, what everybody's issues are, maybe we could uh, actually get somewhere. But everybody's always pretending. Oh, we're all united here. We're all diverse. Isn't this wonderful that we're all diverse and we get along? It's a lot of hooey. People don't get along. All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. All right, what we're doing up till Election Day, or close to it, we're going to get the yes and no sides on every one of the statewide ballot measures. Uh, the one that's coming up after uh, 3 o'clock today is uh, the abortion one. The legislature put this on there. This is not about signature gathering. The Proposition 1 is also called State Measure 1. Uh, it's supposed to protect at all at all lengths, a woman's right to choose. We're going to uh, have a guest on the no side. I don't know that we were successful getting the yes side, but 
polls apparently show it's going to pass overwhelmingly anyway, but we'll get the no argument. We're a no on the voter guide, and you can see our explanation. That's coming up after the news at 3 o'clock. It's a Deborah Mark story, and it's kind of a sweet one. Oh, it I really like... is. Santa Clarita has the gentle barn. It's a farm that has a reverence for all life. And if you would like to go there for $50, you can spend 90 minutes cuddling with a turkey. Oh, how cute. You can feed it treats. You can talk to it. You can really get to know it. These turkeys will not be killed for Thanksgiving. I think yeah, I, I guess know it's kind of a sanctuary. They used to have a gentle barn. I remember there was one in Tarzana. I remember it was... It's like a I, chain? No, I, I know, don't think so. I know the gentle barn. I think my kids went on a field trip there. Yes, yeah. But it maybe maybe they have two now. Was it the one on Winnetka? Yes, yeah. Oh, that was yeah. in a movie. I remember that. I think I went to that one. Yes. I'm the only one ago. left out. Oh, <laughs> I've never been to a gentle barn. You've never cut You're missing the... out. I don't see any, I don't have any desire to like hug a turkey. They're kind of weird looking. Well, they probably smell. Well, you know what? Yeah. I think that this is very timely since Thanksgiving is next month because more people that will go to the gentle barn and cuddle a turkey may not want to eat turkey for Thanksgiving. I don't taste good anyway. Well, yeah, they have uh, they I'm have farms in Nashville, Tennessee, and St. Louis, Missouri as well, where you can do this. Uh, they're going to do this at uh, several of their locations. We're inviting you on Thanksgiving Day to cuddle our turkeys. Oh, I guess it's only good on Thanksgiving Day. What kind of right? weirdos do you think show up? Animal well, lovers. Why do they have to be weirdos? <laughs> Is that with a capital L? Yeah, I thought turkeys. When I'm talking about wild turkeys and turkeys. They could be aggressive. I thought they don't really no, like they, you to come near them. They'll start pecking at you. Yeah, they they are. Tur- turkeys are uh, well, because they know cranky. that they're going to end up on the Thanksgiving table, so they're <laughs> they upset. Know. They they have a sense. <laughs> How come they haven't figured this out? We've had what this Thanksgiving turkey ritual since the 1600s, and the turkeys still haven't figured out what's going to happen. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think so. Are they the ones that? When it rains, they look up at the rain and then they drown. I don't know. Do they do that? I, I think so. I remember hearing that years ago that turkeys are so stupid that when it rains, they look up. Okay, and first they... of all, who cares if turkeys are stupid? Okay, they're, they're a living creature and they yeah. deserve to be respected. Do turkeys drown in the rain? Hold on. I know this was a thing. News here, of the event is cheered on by vegans and animal rights activists and turkey lovers everywhere. Oh, that's a myth. Yeah, feel better I, now. I didn't feel right about that one. Yeah, that sounded. He believes in a lot of myths yeah. because they See, fit his uh, well, agenda. Exactly. Well, it says no. I mean, they 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 put it on a major animal site. Will a turkey really drown if it looks up during a rainstorm? And, right. Uh, and it was debunked as a myth. Well, they're well, they have a reputation for being stupid. They do. I have heard that they're a small brain, and and the idea was they've got little tiny head. They have the turkeys will stare up in the sky with their beaks hanging open, transfixed until they drown. I've seen people like that. Uh, t- turkeys do tilt their heads at the sky, and they'll remain there for several moments. But the idea that they drown is a myth. Okay, well that kind of scrubs it. All right, we yeah. I've looked up at the rain. I mean, yeah, and you haven't drowned. And Ken's not stupid either. I have not drowned. Founded in 1999, the six-acre gentle farm is home to nearly 200 animals that are safe and happy. 
So they think if they bring enough people in, you'll give up consuming turkey for Thanksgiving because yes. you'll feel like. Plus, did you see that story? Turkey prices, like everything else, have almost uh, have shot up like 50%. Okay, so then let's stop murdering the turkeys this year, and let's they're, let's think of having something else They're not worth dinner. killing because they, they just don't. They taste so bad. Well, then why do people, okay, I, I, then why I, do people eat turkey then? I don't know. Are we yeah, turkey meat's pretty dry. It's not my favorite we either. We stopped but. eating a turkey for Thanksgiving at our house a few years ago. Because what are you eating? Ham. Uh uh, well, I doubt it's a vegetable. Uh, <laughs> an Italian Thanksgiving—that's what we have. We make we make pasta. Okay, that's good. Or with we go meat? out. We go out to a restaurant. Well, yeah, with like a bolognese sauce. So you do have some ground beef in there. It's not Thanksgiving. Can do you have? Do you? you have turkey for Thanksgiving? Oh yeah, I still have turkey. Yeah, I'm afraid so. Maybe this year you won't. Maybe you'll go it's, hug a turkey. It's dry and tough, and there's no really good taste to it. Not if you cook it right. You got to drown it in gravy. Nobody's yeah, ever. Yeah, he's right. If you cook it right, there is a, there, there are people that make it really well. well if you sometimes, drown, I, sometimes I get it from a restaurant that does it well. You drown something in gravy, that means it doesn't taste good. You're that to is, cover up you're the disguising, taste. right? Exactly. Yeah, correct. But still, I like gravy. So just have full, gravy full of instead. Animal fat. Ken, just have a bowl of gravy or put it over uh, your mashed potatoes. And yeah, but gravy, the Deborah Marcus, from a lot the good gravy is like from the animal fat from the pan. Okay, I'm talking about make your own gravy that's vegetarian or oh. even vegan. <laughs> no, you make your dairy. own gravy from the stuff that's in the pan with the turkey, and it's perfect. Well, that's your opinion. Yeah, fatty gravy tastes good. <laughs> yeah, that's why people like take the fat out of it. Then I only like Thanksgiving because it's a time where the family gets together. I I, I hate the food. It depends. In on fact, your, I'm going to bring on in your family. I'm bringing in something vegan for myself this Thanksgiving. Uh, it's, uh... <laughs> all all right. right, coming up next, we have uh, Proposition 1. We're trying to get all the yes and no sides on for the statewide measures on your ballot. Uh, this, is the, this would declare that the state shall not deny or interfere with an individual's reproductive freedom in their most intimate decisions, which includes their right to choose to have an abortion. The no side is coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. And Deborah Mark live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.